grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places. There will be horrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, handing you over to synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will turn out to be your opportunity to testify. So make up your mind not to be prepared beforehand how to defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all people for my name's sake but not a hair of your head will perish. By patient endurance, you will gain your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, beginning at the fifth verse. As some were talking about the temple, how it was decorated with beautiful stones and offerings. Jesus said, These things that you see here, the days will come when there will not be one stone left on another. Every one will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will these things happen, and what is the sign that these things are about to happen? He said, Watch out so that you do not, so that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. Whenever you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be terrified. For these things must happen first, but the end will not be right to them. Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be, a great, there will be great earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places. There will be horrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, handing you over to synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will turn out to be your opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to be prepared beforehand how to defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to withstand to contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all people for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By patient endurance, you will gain your lives. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever had a medical procedure and then when the procedure was taking place or immediately right after, you say to the nurse or to the technician, hey, how did it look? Did you see anything? Is there something I should be aware of or, or maybe be alarmed by? And then you get the classic answer, well, I can't tell you. You'll have to ask your doctor. And that appointment's like a couple weeks away. 
And so, meanwhile, you always have it on the back of your mind. How did the test go? How did the test go? Because really, you want to know ahead of time. And then when you go into the doctor, what would you expect the doctor to say if the news is really bad news? Would you want him to be very honest and, and tell you it does not look good? In fact, it's quite alarming. The tests did not turn out well. Is that what you really want to hear? Or would you prefer him to maybe kind of sugarcoat it a little bit? Yeah, it didn't look well, but it didn't turn out well, but, but you know, we got this going, and, and you got that going, and, and we'll work on this, and, and we'll try that. Do you want him to just simply maybe not even tell you if it's bad news? I tend to lean towards the first one. Tell it to me. If it's bad news, just give it to me straight. So that, that way I can begin to process in my heart and mind what is really going on. And above all, take it to the Lord in prayer. And part of the reason why I started to think like this was because of a story that I heard when I was at the seminary. I heard of a pastor who went to go see his member in the hospital and when he got there, the family pulled him aside before he even got into the room and said, Mom is dying. But here's the thing. We're not going to tell her. And the pastor says, well, you must tell her. In fact, I won't even go in to see her. He even threatened to do that because I can't go in and, and treat her like everything is okay when in actuality I need to start preparing her for the death that she is facing and the hope of everlasting life that her Savior Jesus won for her. If I start bringing those things up, she's going to figure it out. Ooh, they were insistent that he was not to say a word. He goes in to see her. The room actually cleared out. Everyone felt that this was an opportunity for just the pastor and, and mother to have some alone time. And before the pastor could say his first words to her, she said, Pastor, am I dying? And he said, well, why would you say that? Well, every time my family comes in the room, they're crying. See, she put two and two together. Plus, she didn't feel well to begin with. So you cannot even ignore death or to think that you're going to help someone not face death by not even talking about it or not even bringing it up. This is why I really appreciate our Savior who did live that perfect life and, and gave his life on the cross to pay for the sins of the world would be a Savior gives it to us straight. Oh, he doesn't tell us everything about the last days and even judgment day itself. But what he does tell us is exactly what I need to hear. And in fact, what I need to hear is truly a comfort. Yes, the words are disturbing when we hear what these end times are going to be like. The end times in which we live but it is a comfort that the Lord would share with us and not hide anything from us. 
and not sugarcoat it. All this talk about the end times was actually started when Jesus was in the temple courts. This was a few days before his death on the cross. This is Holy Week, probably Tuesday of Holy Week. And here Jesus is leaving the temple courts, and one of his disciples asked, just admired, and asked him about, or, or made the point, I should say, about all the beautiful stones, and others were joining in. And of course, the beautiful stones and the monument and, and how the temple was built and how it was all fixed up was not the original temple. The original temple of King Solomon had actually been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar over 500 years before this. The temple that they were admiring was actually the one that had been rebuilt 70 years after the captivity by the prophet Zerubbabel, and yet that was still not the temple because it was King Herod who actually doubled its size, doubled the court areas, and made it one of the great wonders of the world. They claimed that under slave labor, some of the stones that piled on top of each other that were put in place, some of them measured like seven feet high, and 70 feet long. To see these stones, one would have to admit, well, they're never going to come down. People died to put these stones there. Who could ever bring them down? This temple has to live until the end of time itself, and yet Jesus points out to them that the day is coming when not one stone will be on another. And in fact, in 70 AD, 70 years after Jesus' birth, it was the Roman general Titus who conquered the city and one stone would not be left on another. The temple itself was destroyed. Jerusalem was destroyed. But when Jesus talks about the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem, he immediately starts to talk about the end of time the times before the end, and Judgment Day itself. And it's interesting that he'll talk about both of them, but even sometimes simultaneously he'll talk about them. The destruction of Jerusalem, many of the disciples believed it would be there to the end of the time, but it was not. So that begged the question, two questions. When will these things happen, and what is the sign that these things are about to happen? It is the second question that Jesus actually answers, because you are going to see signs that this is about to happen. You're going to see it in the church, you're going to see it among nations, and you're going to see it in nature. Concerning the church, he said, watch out so that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. The words, I am he, is actually not an exact translation. The exact translation says, many will say, I am. That was the words that was given by the Lord at the burning bush. When Moses asked, who should I say is sending me? And he tell, told them, I am, I am who I am, that who is sending you. These people will claim to be the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. They claim to be God himself. 
And I can honestly say that in my lifetime there has been many that have claimed to be the Christ. And many followed such people, even died for such people. And yet he says, do not follow them. Interesting, those words are very similar to the words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans when he pointed this out in his very last chapter as part of his concluding words. But I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and, and offenses contrary to the teaching that you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving Christ our Lord, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they seduce the hearts of the unsuspecting. Keep away from them. Do not follow them. Recall the words of Jesus who said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. One of your Christian duties, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is certainly to test the pastors and teachers, including myself. But the test always must be in God's word. If that pastor and teacher is proclaiming God's word and proclaiming it faithfully, yes, listen to that word. Take to heart that word. It is the word of God. But anyone who is contrary to that word and continues to be contrary to that word, stay away from them. Do not follow them. And do not listen to them. Or they could lead you astray and ultimately away from the true teaching of Jesus Christ. Concerning among nations, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be revolutions, nation against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms. We heard concerning World War I that this was the war to end all wars. And yet a few years later, war, world War II. And there's still wars going on, even today. Reminding us that we are in the end times. And concerning nature, there will be great earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places. They will be horrifying sights and great signs from heaven. Today we would call this climate change, but not climate change as, as oftentimes taught in, with many scientists today, but all these things that are happening, earthquakes, famines, yes, pandemics, even, are all signs that we are in the end times and that the end is coming. There will be a last day. There will be a judgment day. This world will be destroyed. And God will take all believers to the glories of heaven with body and soul glorified. All these things we live in now, they're all fulfilled even now. So to think that the end time is coming, no, it's already now. To think that judgment date is a long ways off, no, it could come.
come at any time. Now, do not be the fool who thinks that, that because it's been 2,000 years since Jesus came, he clearly isn't coming. Just because he hasn't come yet doesn't mean he's not coming. We are in the end times. And not only during these end times is the world going to be affected, but it's going to have a huge effect on us as individuals. And not just any individuals. Jesus specifically brings up about the believer, the one who calls on Christ's name, the one who holds to Christ's name. Christ's name is everything Jesus reveals about himself in his holy word. We sum up the two main teachings of the Bible with the words law and gospel. This is the name of the Lord. The entire scriptures, the holy word is the name of the Lord. And one who holds to the name of the Lord will be persecuted because they are believers who hold to that holy name and believe it and take it to heart. And the reason for the persecution is because they will be hated. Hated because they hate Jesus and they will take it out on his disciples. They will take it out on the believers. And notice who will be doing the betraying. These people will be brought before kings and, 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 and emperors and they will be brought before synagogues and even thrown in prison. And the ones betraying them, parents, brothers, Relatives? Friends? These are the people that are the closest in your life. And because of the name of Jesus Christ, they would hate you, persecute you, and want to see you ended? The good news is there will be a time. This will be a time to testify. And Jesus even assures his disciples don't fear what you're about to say. He'll give the words and the wisdom. He'll send the Holy Spirit who testifies of Christ in your hearts through that holy word. You will speak of that word, you will hold to that word, and you will proclaim that holy word, knowing it points to Jesus Christ, our one and only Savior. And you will be able to testify because you know that even if anyone tries to end your life, they can never end, end your eternal life. And in that sense, they can't even hurt a hair on your head. We have everlasting life. We do not see heaven here on earth. We see heaven as our home. And we see it because Jesus won for us that home by paying for our sins on the cross and made that ultimate sacrifice once and for all. No more sacrifices are meant to be made. All the living we do, we do out of thankful love for the one who won for us salvation, eternal salvation. So my dear friends, in these end times, all the more to hold to the word, all the more to, 
understand the word, take the heart of the word, all the more to keep studying and keep reading, and I pray you even do it daily. Read a small portion. And then as you read that small portion, always ask yourself the question, God, what are you teaching me here? And then take it to the Lord in prayer, knowing that this is God's word. And that God has revealed all that he has done for us. This very God who is perfect and holy. And this very God who gave us life so we are all saints of God. In Christ Jesus alone. By the way, everything that I've shared with you is only a small portion of what Jesus gets into. In the Gospel of Matthew, it actually goes on for several chapters. But one thing is, I said in the beginning, Jesus asked two questions. The first question he never answers. When will this last day happen? He doesn't tell us because we do not need to know. But what we need to know is now is the time to watch and pray. And only in his word are we truly comforted in these last days. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.